Good morning, Kansas City. This is the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB, Stephen St. John. Nate Bucati and Jake Gutierrez. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. Again, I apologize for my voice. I took an extra day to try to rest my uh, rest my voice yesterday, and it, it worked because it, it uh, I was unable to talk at all on uh, Sunday or really yesterday. So yeah, I, I was I was a little concerned about yesterday. You did some live reads and How'd those uh, sound to you great? <laughs> no, not not yeah. great. Um, it did have me concerned, but you yeah. sound you sound improved. Yeah, that that was I mean, much that was, improved. Was be- that, and let me tell you something: I tried over and over and over again. It took, I want to say, about an hour to do those to to even get those to where I could, you know, uh, do a whole sixty second live read. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because I I'd get to like the thirty second mark and just my voice would give out, or I'd get to the forty second mark and said, just let's punt it. A dog would howl, Foggy, or the new pup, Coco, Coco, yeah, Coco, beware, Coco, St. John. Danny only uh, howls in response to the others, so. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, so it's a lot better than it was yesterday. It'll warm up. Man, I'm, I'm doing everything I can possible. So we'll see. We'll get through it. Keep on keeping on, man. Yeah, but here I am. So here you are. Yeah. Yep. Here, oh, wait. here we are. How about that? Here we all are. Yeah, that's right. Mike DeCourcy will be on the show later on in the 7 o'clock hour. And, look, yeah, you're just going to have to crank me up because I'm not talking loud. Yeah, no, I got you. You talk. You talk. I'm, the, I'm the sports whisperer. Yeah, I got you, Crank. <laughs> Mike DeCourcy. There's plenty of juice in here. From the Sporting News, Gabe DeArmond from PowerMazoo.com. We'll have Mark Richter in studio in the 8 o'clock hour. And then we'll talk to Jack Johnson live from Surprise, Arizona, where he is out there covering spring training with Seren Petro. That's my guy. A Seren? No. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't think you guys were close. Jack. Oh, okay. All right. You learn something new every day. Seren is right uh, down today. Jake's guy. <laughs> Seren Petro. Jake's guy. They're both my guys. There we go. That's right. For people that don't know, uh, what do you do with Jack at uh, so, 10 a.m. every day? 10 a.m. We, uh, we do a show. Jack hosts a uh, show called The Shift on ESPN Kansas City, 90, 94.5 and 15, 10 a.m. So uh, I've been doing that pretty much since I came back. I, I kind of took that rollover. That was something Marco did before he took this job. And then I kind of just picked it up for Marco. And so I've really enjoyed uh, getting to know Jack, and I, I think he does a hell of a job. I don't – I mean, there's very few people I know around here that know and pay as close attention to baseball as he does, mm. which which shocks me. Being he, he's only I think twenty five years old, a young person enjoying baseball as much as he does is a little bit uh, abnormal in these times. So I, uh, I I think he does a great job, and I, I I enjoy working with Jack on a daily basis. 
And he's not the singer-songwriter? No. <laughs> Jack Johnson is also not... Uh, I'm a big fan of that Jack Johnson. He's also not the first black heavyweight champion. No. No, he's, he's not. He's not. He does not uh, sing about banana pancakes. I like I like that Jack, the first black heavyweight champion, Jack Johnson. Yeah. You should watch the documentary that HBO did about him. I watched the Ken Burns one. Is that that's different? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I always got, I always got to say something different, don't you? Yeah. I said HBO. Well, I'd like the Ken Burns one. <laughs> well, I didn't know if it was the same say Ken one. Ken Burns because that'll make me be funny. More, if the, the smartest guy in the room. Someone say Ken Burns. The PBS guy. That's totally what I was thinking. Yeah. Doing the HBO, but you know, I bet they're both quality. There's a lot of content about him out there, so okay. I bet it's all good. Usually, just people drop, usually drop Ken Burns to one up someone. Well, that's definitely what I was trying to say. I like ba- I like baseball. Well, have you seen the Ken Burns baseball? <laughs> <laughs> Is there any other documentary about baseball? Oh, I didn't you like know. Baseball. <laughs> yeah, actually, Ken Burns did a documentary on country music that was phenomenal. Yeah. He also did one on the Civil War. <laughs> Is there a documentary that Ken Burns hasn't done? <laughs> Ken Burns. Do, do one on, his, on, on himself. That would be interesting. Would it? You really one-up people if you watch that. <laughs> so last night was a pretty good uh, pretty good night in the Big 12. A couple of nice matchups on Big Monday, including a sh- it's, it's, it's uh, weird to have a showdown for first place. Between at least right now on paper the two best teams in the Big Twelve that are ranked in the top six, and uh, one of them is not Kansas. It's odd. That feel weird last night. This whole season's felt weird. Iowa State number six, Houston number two. Last night in Houston. And uh, I know there's no moral victories, but I almost feel like the fact that Iowa State didn't get blown out says something because a lot of teams go to Houston and just get run off the floor. Um, but Houston won 73-65, to and so then now they have uh, 10 wins in conference, or 10-3, and three, and Iowa State's 9-4. and four, So the battle for first place last night goes to Houston. And then K-State at Texas. K-State hung around. They had a chance, but... Oh, they had a good chance when Texas missed a couple of free throws. And uh, Tyler Perry had the ball in his hands with under a minute left and drove and had a great move and actually freed up for um, as open of a of a layup or a close shot as you could hope for in that situation. And if he hits that, it's a two-point game with a little under 40 seconds left. And then you don't know, but he missed the shot. And then that was pretty much it. And Texas uh, holds on for a 62-56 to victory. Now they moved to 6-7, and seven and K-State falls to 5-8. and eight. So, yeah, that was uh, a, a tough couple of days for K-State. They lose a couple of close games, and now they are, uh, they are in trouble. Houston's uh, on top of the conference at 10-3. and three. Iowa State's 9-4. and four. Baylor's eight and four, KU's uh, eight and five, and then TCU and Texas Tech both seven and five. BYU six and six, and then after that, everyone else is under five hundred. So, I mean, it looks like after last night, it's it's Houston's Houston's conference to win, 
They play at Baylor coming up on Saturday. Go Bears. Right. Everyone else needs Baylor to win there. They host Cincinnati. Then they play at Oklahoma, at UCF, and then they host Kansas. It would, I mean... The only threat really should be Baylor. I mean, Cincinnati might give them a decent game, but probably not. Right. So, I mean, for Kansas to have any chance going into that last weekend, they need they need Baylor to knock off the Cougs. But, and then KU has to run the table. Right. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the other part. They have to, you know, run the next four games, which... It seems to be increasingly difficult to, to win at Houston. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that win last night kind of locked it up for Houston. But, you know, we've seen crazier things happen. Kansas plays Texas coming up Saturday. I just, I don't, you know, it's at Allen Fieldhouse. That'll, that'll be a win. They play BYU. That's at Allen Fieldhouse. That'll be a win. But then they play at Baylor, home against K-State, at Houston, so... I would say, you know, chalk up three wins and then see what they could do at Baylor and at Houston. I don't know how they calculated, but the ESPN predictor has Houston with a 92.3% chance of beating Kansas at home in that last game. 92. Probably had to wait to see if there's any injuries or. Yeah. I, mean, I just think that's, that, that seems. That's. Amazing! How many times would that have happened for Kansas on the road? In a even game? even though they lost last night, the team with the best schedule mm-hmm. of of the top teams is Iowa State. I mean, they could I could absolutely see them running the table. That's why if they would have won last night, yeah. they, I think they would have won the conference yeah, for I sure. I think you're right. They host West Virginia. They host Oklahoma. They're at UCF. They host BYU, and they're at Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Sure, they could lose at Kansas State. I mean, sure they could drop. I mean, I, but I would pick them to to win out. I bet they'll be favored in all those games. Yeah. So just think if they would have won last night, they could have had a one game lead and that schedule. But hey, did they win Jake some money? They covered by a point. No, I stayed away from that line. Was weird. It started moving. It, you know, it was nine early, and then it started dropping down to seven and a half. Oh, so they didn't cover for everybody. No, it, yeah. So you, depends on how early you got on it because it closed at seven and a half. And once I wow. saw it start moving, <laughs> I got away. Wow. From it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was at nine yesterday morning. We were talking about it. Right. And so you, depending yeah. on what time you got in, you. Yep. Man. It closed at seven and a half. So. Why do you have a hood on right now? I don't know. I was cold this morning. Well, I thought it was is it like a fashion deal or is it no. something that you're... How does it look? Does it look all it right? It looks fine. I just it usually like have... Kenny? They killed Kenny? You usually have a method of your madness or a reason. No. Nah, I was just I cold. Got out of the cold tub and it never really warmed up. It's a chilly one this morning. I thought it was refreshing. It was. That felt great. Yeah. Yesterday it was colder, but... Body body's still warming up. That's the great thing about the cold plunge. So we're going to have uh, Gabe Niarman on a little bit later, and we're going to talk to him about uh, Desiree Reed Francois leaving Missouri to become the AD at Arizona. She'll be getting, according to one report, she'll be getting a five-year contract 
with a base of $1 million for first year that will increase to $1.2 million in the fifth year of her contract. Um, I believe that's a little less than she's making at Mizzou. But <clears throat> when we'll talk to him as we... Uh, <clears throat> As we get, uh, we'll talk to him at seven thirty and get his his um, thoughts on why. And I know this caught a lot of people off guard, and a lot of people were uh, well. Depends on who you talk to. A lot of people on social media were upset. A couple of people that I talked to were not. So, uh, very polarizing figure at Mizzou. Can't argue with uh, with her success as far as fundraising and getting stuff done. Um, her, her Last year at this time, her crown jewel was hiring Dennis Gates. That is... Uh, <laughs> that is that is not the feather in the cap right now that it was a year ago at this time. Just think about where Mizzou basketball was and the things that were being said about Dennis Gates this time last year. Oh, what a great hire. She had a home run. Fantastic. You will not catch anyone calling that hire a home run right now. Because it's not just a bad season. It is a... I mean, it's I mean, it's a season... Oh, I hate bringing this gentleman's name up, but... I mean, th- this is worse than... Or as bad as anything Kim Anderson ever put out there, and this is as bad as you know, what got Conzo Martin run run off. I mean, they're they're they played Tennessee, who's what number five in the nation tonight. So there's every reason to believe they'll lose that game, and um, they're going to be underdogs the rest of the way. So there's a hell of a chance they finish 0 and 18 in the conference. And as Gabe has talked about, that's not just a stop. I mean, that's that's god awful. Um, <clears throat> that changes the trajectory of a program. So uh, that wasn't good. Also, I will talk to Gabe about this. Uh, this story came out last week on, uh, or about a week and a half ago, February eighth. Uh, this was not nothing. So remember this also when you're wondering why does Ray Reed Francois left. The story is in the Columbia, Missourian. The University of Missouri system establishes Mizzou Athletics Oversight Committee seeking information and accountability. The system leadership established a new oversight committee that will monitor Mizzou athletics amid broad changes to college sports and rising spending by the athletic department. The UM System Board of Curators voted unanimously to create the Mizzou Intercollegiate Athletics Special Committee during its regularly scheduled meeting on the MU campus, the four-member committee's oversight will range from finances to progress of athletic facilities, renovations to name, image, likeness, compensation, and the future of the NCAA. And so there are people that feel like the curators uh, were, were jacked with her too much for lack of a better description. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you that that she didn't like that. She didn't like this, right? Mm-hmm. And so if, if you're 
looking for reasons and thinking. I'm not just saying this is, a, but this that's 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 significant. That's not nothing. I will ask Gabe about that. Also, <clears throat> remember this, and I think this is important to remember. I've talked to enough people to to feel pretty confident in saying when Eli Drinkwitz was given this contract extension, right? And remember that was criticized by a lot of people? Looks like the right decision now, right? Mm-hmm. She wasn't on board. That wasn't that wasn't her idea. But the board of curators wanted to give him the contract extension. Remember, that wasn't her hire. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, the previous AD presented the board of curators with a list of three names, and the board of curators said, no, go do better. And that's what led to Eli Drinkwitz. And so you can't get too pissed off if you're a Mizzou fan. And the word, okay, the word that I was looking for, meddling. There are, there are people that feel like, okay, in if you are in, if you were in Desiree, Desiree Reed Francois' camp, you felt like the board of curators meddled too much in her business. Yeah. Okay? Um, and she wasn't ready to give Drinkwitz, or so the story goes, wasn't ready to give Drinkwitz an extension. The board of curators were. They're all in. That's their guy. Right? And so it was up to Drinkwitz to prove him right. So how did that play out? Pretty well for Drinkwitz. Pretty well. So if there was any type of, I don't know, power struggle or any type of, who ended up? If, if that's the way the story went, the board of curators would be the ones that could say, yeah, we were, we were on the right side of that one. Right. I will tell you. That based on everything I've been told, uh, Eli Drinkwitz didn't lose any sleep last night. Ah, uh, all right. So that's that's. Well, I could just tell you that. I don't. I don't. I. I. I don't. I don't believe that Drinkwitz is sad to see her go. I don't believe that was a great relationship. I don't I don't believe he was a big fan of hers. Well, I mean, if you know that there's an extension being talked about and you know there's someone that's against that extension or, and, and you know there's people that are, how are you going to feel? Probably a much bigger fan of the people that want to give me the contract extension. And then if you go <laughs> out and have one of the best seasons in Mizzou football history and win the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State and coach up a quarterback, you know, that that was maligned in the, in the Mizzou fan base and turned him into one of the better quarterbacks in the SEC and turned a walk-on running back into a kid that was an All-American that finished in the top ten in the Heisman voting and, and by all accounts, getting ready to turn out a bunch of NFL draft picks and all these things that he did. Not just him, but that's his program. That's his football program, right? If you get an extension like that, and some, not everyone was on board. 
people on this radio station that criticized it, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. But then it was like, okay, drink what's now you got to show us. Well, he showed you, right? And so then what? I, I would I would imagine that that football coach is pretty empowered. Yes, right. He's feel he's he's feeling himself. Wow, that sounds totally inappropriate. Well, but do you see what I'm saying? I'm, yeah. not, I'm not saying it's bad or it's wrong, right? Yeah. Because when yeah. he was when he was remember when he was given the extension, that wasn't the you know. Wow, really? Well, shoot, as, as I mean, going into the K-State game this year, it was like, is Drinkwitz coaching for his job? <laughs> I mean, it sounds silly to say now, but that was happening into the regular season this year. So, yeah, it wasn't like everybody just thought, oh, this is, this is a no-brainer. We were having talks about whether or not it was any better than the Barry Odom era. And, I mean, he absolutely... Busted through. I mean, this yep. is, you know. And then some. I mean, it wouldn't have taken this good of a year for it to seem like a good hire. Right. And we're not talking about the extension that was announced after winning the Cotton Bowl. We're talking about the extension that was announced previously. Right? Yep. And so. And there's also been talk that uh, now, hey, look. Again, results are what matter, and and the fundraising and everything else have been terrific. But there was a lot from the from the moment she came in. There was a lot of turnover, a lot of turnover, and there was different stuff out there. Um, just you know, talk to people that were. There's a lot of people that work in the athletic department, right? Mm-hmm. And there were some people that were pretty outspoken that uh, she was extremely demanding. Um, not not enjoyable to work for, but she also got results. Okay, and and not not everyone's fun to work for, but that's how they that's how they get results. But I know that I mean there was there was a lot of people that. Well, Jake, how would you say when we used to work for Whitlock? What what, what was his? He 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 was our direct boss, right? Yeah. What was his approach? Hmm. How did he motivate? By what? Uh, pretty passive aggressive. I mean, he was. Uh, I, I felt like he motivated by fear. He he kept yeah. you on edge. Yeah, I mean, he, yeah, I mean, he kept you. You never knew where you really stood. I mean, at times, right? I, I felt like you you kind of knew where you stood, and it was always on the edge of a cliff. <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's and, fair. And, and he would tell you that he's 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 you know saving you from being pushed off right. when that might have been his hand that was on your back pushing you. I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess <laughs> you did know where you stand, and, and that was, you know, somewhere not very comfortable. Right. And so I just, and and that's, I've heard from a couple of different people that it was just, un, it was uncomfortable hmm. work environment, very, but see, but that's, Sometimes that's just what, what the job calls for. Sure. You know, very demanding, very, you know, uh, 
very challenging, but some people can can thrive under that environment, you know. Um, I don't know. Again, it's like who who do you talk to, and that's yeah. then they'll tell you, you know, hey, she was great. She raised, uh, and, and let me tell you something. She was great with the media and great with the fans. She knew how to work the media. And she knew how to work the fans. And those are two important aspects of being an athletics director. You get the media on your side and you get the fans on your side. And that's, I mean, that's half the battle or sometimes even more. I mean, it's just, it was really interesting to me. She was such a polarizing figure. I mean, I, I know, I know someone that is heavily involved in the program that just did not like her at all. Because a couple of times in public, she was somewhat condescending and just, you know, um, or at events. Um, but then I talked to, to you know, someone else. She says, wow, she walks into a room and she owns a room and she knows how to shake hands and kiss babies. She's this, that. She's got, there's something about her. She just, you know, she's got this magnetism or whatever. And so, and that's the way it is. When anyone leaves a job, you have people that supported her or support that person and thought she did a great job. But there was a lot. I mean, there was just it was it was crazy. There was so polarizing. But I but I will tell you that you know if if you're not going to be on the same page as the football coach, and that football coach becomes wildly successful, then which is not you know especially since he wasn't her hire. You know that's a that's that's a situation. A lot of ads get themselves. And let me tell you something else. You guys know this. A lot of this is very political, right? If you are not, if you don't have a great relationship with the board of curators, and the football coach has a great relationship with the board of curators, I mean, very good relationship. It's just. That's hey. we, that's a, that's a difficult dynamic right there. Right. As the saying goes, saying? Yeah, as, as, as the saying goes, there's nothing new under the sun, right? I mean, this we saw this as far back as Roy Williams and Doctor Al Bowl standing in his driveway talking about how the coach, the head coach, could let me soar with my vision for the athletic department or crush me like a dove. I believe the Kansas basketball <laughs> coach had the power to. Hold his athletic director in his hand like a dove. And he had the choice to either crush me with his power of influence or let me fly with my visions for a better total program. Crushed. You know, it's it's no secret in big athletics departments who the most powerful person in the building is, right? In most places, especially in the SEC... It's the head football coach if he's winning. Better not butt heads with the head football coach. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in the season where he just won 11 yeah. games. And... I mean, that's there's there's one person might be the other person's boss. Right. Technically. On paper. On paper. But, you know, yeah. that's. It's nice in theory. Yeah. But in practice, that's, yeah. not, that's not how it works. If, I mean, you're, if you're a coach on the hot seat, maybe not so powerful. Right. And I, I do <laughs> think the, the other side of this is that. She jumped to a real weird situation. Like, you know, Arizona, <laughs> they have some problems there. 
they all of a sudden came up with a $177 million, you know, mishap in their budget. A deficit of 177. Well, what's the problem? I mean, just <laughs> place a comma when you're doing some math, right. it happens. Yeah, I mean, just ask the Pentagon. What? Oh, boy. What, are, oh, what boy. just happened? We, uh... Jake just happened. <laughs> but I, that's the interesting, you know. She's not... Clearly she wants to get to the Big 12. I mean, can you blame her? Nah, right, you know, yeah. She's a bas- basketball you know, it's, it's just a real weird situation. It's not like she's going to a thriving athletic department right now. I mean, well, and is, apparently, what Stevens thought is she's not going for a pay raise either. Right. So she also went to law school in Arizona. Yeah, and she's you know from California, and that's closer to home, obviously. Right. I mean, that's part of it. Sometimes you'll yeah. you know you want to go home. Yeah. And. So and and the the extension that I'm talking about was not just this recent one, Ed, because of course he deserved one. Yeah, I'd have given him one as soon as the you know clock hit zero. Basically, kind of they did. They gave him they, the board of curators extended Drinkwitz in November of 22. Remember, it was after they won on the road against uh, a ranked South Carolina team. And that was that was the one that I'm talking about. Remember that happened? Like wow, and that mm-hmm. was a big win. Yeah. But then I said, wow, okay, extension. And I'm not telling you that she didn't think he was a good football coach or whatever else, but it's it's okay. I mean, it's it's not crazy for someone to say, you know what, I wasn't on board with the extension at that time. Yeah. I'm going to wait to the end of the season. Yeah. But also. If you're not, you know, if you're not on board with it, and the board of curators say, "Okay, great, thanks for your input." Uh, Eli Drink, what's your extension? What was so what, what's that? What's that do to the dynamic? Yeah. Oh, I guess I was the. I guess I'm not really the athletic director. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then if he knows she went on board with the extension, and he got it to the board of curators, what's that do to the dy- dynamic? And then if he goes out and has 11 wins, wins the Cotton Bowl, what's that do to the, to the dynamic? Huh? How about that extension, huh? You, yeah. you think I deserve it now? But look, that helped everyone. That helped her, right? Right. Everyone wants that. When, when you win like that in football, that helps everybody. Mm-hmm. A rising tide lifts all ships. That helps. That helped, made her look good. That made everyone look good. But, but. You've seen it at KU. You've seen it. We've seen it at KC. We've seen it everywhere. Backroom politics and what goes on, you know, that we don't see. (laughs) And then then they form this committee. We're going to oversee everything that you do. We're just going to take a look. You're going to tell me that timing? They They just announced that 12 days ago. And then I go, oh, okay, go in Arizona, buy it. That's not nothing. Right. Bye-bye. coincidence. So we'll talk to Gabe more about it. We'll see what happens next, you know. But just well, remember, the most important thing, especially in, the, in, the, in these times we live in, the most important thing in an athletic department is football. So who does Eli want? And then the <laughs> second most important thing is football. And then after that is football. And then we can start talking about other stuff. But like the top three or four, especially the SEC, it's football. Mm-hmm. You know? 
So we'll take a break. Back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I'm just thinking about how my friends have been making fun of my voice the past several days, so that's all. You can't, you gotta, you gotta laugh, you'll cry, right? So. Got a few people tell me that I sound like, I, I sound like Frank Pentageli from the, uh, from the, from Godfather. From the Godfather 2. You remember Frank Pentangeli? They brought his they brought his brother in from from Italy, had him sit in the courtroom. Frank was a real pain in the ass. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, they said Michael Corleone is this is the Godfather. So I say, oh sure, yeah, whatever. I, I told him what they wanted to hear. So. Picture more than I Frankie, they feel cheated. Michael. Are you sitting high up in the Sierra Mountains and you're drinking, uh, what's he drinking? Champagne. Champagne, champagne cocktail. He's drinking champagne cocktails, so. <laughs> high up in the Sierra Mountains. I don't know why, but they've been, they've been, this has been on a lot, so I've been going through Godfather, the, the trilogy. And I do sit and watch uh, Godfather Three because I'm a masochist. I don't care. And I look at and look. It gets a bad rap. Well, because you're comparing it to Godfather right. One and Two. It's it's not as bad as what, everybody says. It what is. the problem was was the casting. That was one of the main problems. Okay, because well, here we go. Don't get me started on this. Because Michael Corleone's daughter, at the time, was supposed to be played by Winona Ryder. Okay, and she had, and she was one of the best young actors at that time. She had to drop out, and so Francis Ford Coppola puts his daughter Sophia Coppola, who's turned out to be a wonderful director, yeah, Academy Award winner, horrific actress, not good in that movie. Right. She was horrible, she was bad. and I watched about two hours of The Godfather Three yesterday. She's worse than I remember, just terrible. I watched it about a year ago. The delivery of the lines is like, bad. oh my it's god, why, why did you do you know? Yeah. And then the other one, and my mom always loved him, right? But George Hamilton as a conciliar, no. Right. No, 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 no. You know who was great? It's Vincent Andy Garcia. He was fantastic. There were just so many bizarre casting options or casting decisions for that. And, and, the, and the story was very convoluted and very difficult to follow, but, you know. But I sat and watched, because, you know, you watch a movie originally when you're a kid or the first time you watch it. And then, like, for The Godfather 2, I watch, like, it in chunks. I watch 45 minutes here. It's, oh, it's on? Let me watch this part of it. Let me watch till it's over. I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched the whole thing. And then I sat down and watched the whole thing. Turns out, Jake, what a classic. It's fantastic. <laughs> but just watching the whole thing, and you're like, oh, just the way the story flows and back and forth, and, yeah. you know. And you see, you know, you see De Niro turning in to Vito, and then you see Michael as he goes, you know. It, he was so, it, it's so amazing that you say uh, Pacino was so great because his performance was understated. Right? It was like a slow burn. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, to where, you know, later on in life, you 
was a man of excess and overacting, which I still <laughs> I still appreciate. But it was it was yeah. you know, is before he became Al Pacino. Well, exactly right. So there you go. So I'm Frank Pentangeli, apparently, <laughs> a couple of my friends. Did you read this line? Why don't you leave me alone? I'm not supposed to talk. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. So what about now that you can freely speak about this? Boy, it didn't take long. Last night, I'm getting text messages. Hey, uh, Sporting Kansas City, soccer, soccer, soccer. So what? what's going on? I, I wore a shirt in yesterday. I, I wore my I Love Soccer shirt. Mm. And I said, all right, Steven's not here. The band's been lifted. It's four hours of soccer, soccer, soccer. What do you got? What's coming up? I didn't really talk to you. I'm actually hosting the, uh, the, the kit launch uh, party for Sporting Kansas City tonight. Down at the Truman, so that'll be fun. Tell people that um, uh, are not soccer fans what a kit launch is. Um, well, <clears throat> it's kind of changed, but it, the idea how is about, how about a uniform reveal? A uniform reveal. That's there what it go. is. Right there, you go. I mean, just you know. Yeah. I used to watch Night, I used to watch Night Rider and there'd be a kit yeah. launch every now and yeah. then. Kit would jump over stuff. It was great. Michael, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. You know, there's a guy there. Kit launch. The hell is he trying? Yeah. To- Language is funny, man. Right. I'm getting a no, lot. Uniform reveal. Um, yeah, a uniform reveal. But they <clears throat> they technically have already revealed the uniforms online because now Adidas has them do it all on social media. But for years and years and years, as long as I can remember, Sporting's always had a big party for their season ticket members yeah, and things fun. like that. To uh, And the players come out. I get to introduce the players. I get to introduce the new play-by-play crew that will be here on, on the – Who that? Uh, Blake Erny, who is uh, – Really good young man who uh, interned for us in the past and um, for us on the Sporting Kansas City broadcast. Saying, I have no, not yeah, here. no memory of him. Um, and, uh, and John Kempen, former goalkeeper for uh, Sporting Kansas City. They're going to be okay. doing the game. So I get to introduce them. I get to introduce the team and stand at the Truman. So that'll be fun. The Sporting Kansas City season opener is at Houston on Saturday. My game is down in Orlando Saturday, but... In week two, which is the home opener for Sporting, I'm on the call of that one on Apple TV. So I'm excited about that. Sporting KC hosting Philadelphia. So, um, yeah, the season gets started. It, the The actual season starts tomorrow with Miami. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but they're trying to really promote this Miami team in Major League Soccer. They got Lionel Messi, what, some of his Luis buddies. Suarez? Luis Suarez and Sergio Busquets. He's the biter. The biter, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys also saw this, but Lionel Messi posted an apology to Hong Kong and the country of China on video yesterday. It was not a political stance. <laughs> I was wondering if you had any of the, any conspiracy theories on that, Jake. But because uh, he didn't play, because he didn't play, and I actually did the the play by play for that match on Apple TV, which most likely the only two times I'll ever get to call a Messi game. Um, they were preseason friendlies. One was in Qatar. I'm sorry, in Saudi Arabia, and then one was in um, Hong Kong. And in the Hong Kong game, he never played because he picked up an injury, injury in training. And the Chinese government is now so mad at Messi that Argentina, the national team, is scheduled to play two games in China. And this country of China has uh, canceled those games. Said that any any team that has Messi on it is not allowed to play in the country of China now. So he he put out an apology yesterday. So I was involved in a weird bit of soccer history, I guess you could say. Um, 
But, yeah, there's all kinds of conspiracy theories that he was doing it because it was a stance against the Chinese government or something like that. He's saying I wouldn't, wouldn't blame him. That was uh, not the case. But anyway, they play tomorrow night, and then the, everybody else plays on Saturday. So, yeah, MLS season starting up, man. I'm excited about it, excited to be a part of uh, MLS season pass for year two of this deal and uh, get the season started. I think it's going to be an interesting year for Sporting KC. You know, they had the terrible start to the season last year. First ten games they didn't win. There were people calling for Peter Vermees, uh job. And then when he got his players healthy, like Polito and Kinda, they started winning. And from that point on, they they had more points than anybody in the Western Conference, and they made it to the playoffs and beat St. Louis, made it to the conference semifinals. And they really haven't made many big changes to the team. They, they've, had, they made a, they've made a couple of additions, but... Gotti Kinda left. He's a designated player, which is one of the, you get three slots where you can pay guys a lot of money, basically. And he's one of them. And they have not replaced him with another designated player as of yet. So they have an open designated player spot going into the season. And um, Peter Vermees is shown to be the kind of person that will be patient trying to fill that. So I'll be interested to see. They've got the talent, obviously, to, to be one of the better teams in the West. But they're getting a little older. And can they stay healthy uh, throughout the course of an entire season, I think is the big question that they're going to have this year. Shall There's we break, Jake? Launch. Yes, we should break. All right. If you say so. Back after this on WHB.